time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, July 16th, 2020. Happy Thursday to everyone out there. Appreciate you tuning in. If you have not had an opportunity to listen to our other shows from earlier in this week, uh, you know, they're available to you just like every other uh, episode we have is uh, listed through the Anchor app or wherever you listen to us on Apple, Spotify, many different platforms that uh, the Get Home Safe podcast is distributed to. So however you listen to us, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know a lot of you listen to the show daily as uh, the episodes come out. They generally come out pretty early in the morning. They're prepared uh, generally the night before. So that's kind of uh, to give you guys an inside look at how things operate here on the Get Home Safe podcast. But I do know a lot of people go back still and either listen or re-listen to episodes. That's one thing, the beauty I found in podcasts, not only my show, but having other shows to listen to is I kind of listen to them whenever I want, which is a great thing, limited commercial interruptions. And uh, that's something I've just fallen in love uh, in with with podcasting, uh, listening, and also putting some content out there. So uh, yeah, if you have a chance, go back, listen to a few more episodes. We try to put good descriptions in there of who's coming on, who was on, uh, what the episodes were about. And in general, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I, I usually talk for 10 minutes or so at the beginning of the show, just kind of on some random thoughts I have. Uh, random thoughts, uh, maybe some opinions that you may or may disagree with, may agree with. I don't know. You know, it's to each his own, right? They're just opinions. We all have one. Uh, anyway, that's kind of how things operate. And then I go into usually an interview with a guest. We've done a pretty good job of consistently getting guests on the program. It's not always easy to find guests. You reach out to people and, you know, some people are like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then, uh, you know, it some finding time is a real challenge. You know, we generally takes probably around an hour or so just of the person's time. So we appreciate all the guests that come on here because uh, I, I know everyone's busy and it's a crazy time we're living in as well. So if anyone is interested on coming on the program, definitely reach out to me at the end of the show. We'll have some ways that you can do that through our various social media platforms and other uh, communication tools. Uh, today on the program, we're joined by Rod Heaton. Rod Heaton was a coach of mine when I was playing youth sports. It was only one year, really, I think fourth grade, but he had a huge impact on me and some of my friends uh, as uh, some of my teammates, I should say. Rod uh, actually got me to go to church for the first time in my life. He uh, he picked up the kids and took us to church. It was a great time. A lot of good memories. We'll share all those he also had a big impact on me getting to Real Hondo Prep, just kind of taking that leap. It didn't happen right away, but over time, I eventually got there. So we'll touch on all of those things in our interview with him. It was a lot of fun to sit down and chat with him and catch up with him, as it is with so many different guests. Uh, Bill Barnes was on yesterday. He's on every single Wednesday, of course. 
and he was uh, not critical, but just joking and giving me some jabs, of course, of how this has turned into the Real Hondo Prep radio network with all the Real Hondo Prep people. But that's a lot of the people I know. It's a lot of people that are uh, doing great things and uh, have had some small impact or big impact on my life that I'd like to reach out to and just kind of talk about what they're up to. So uh, Bill Barnes, uh, you know, he listens to the show regularly as well as contributes to it. And, uh, you know, for him, this is our only Real Hondo Prep guest this week and Mr. Rod Heaton. Sometimes we've had as many as four. And then, of course, Bill in the middle of the week uh, giving his thoughts on things. <laughs> so that's just kind of how things have gone. It's sometimes you just uh, you get in different patterns, I guess you should say. And it's all based on when people are available to record. So that is kind of how we operate here at the Get Home Safe podcast. And really looking forward to you guys hearing this interview with Mr. Rod Heaton. I tell him in the interview, it's hard to refer to him as Rod because he was my coach. And at Curious League and Rondo Prep, you just you refer to everyone as Mr. Heaton, Mr. Carson, Mr. Johnson. That's just a respect thing. And uh, even though uh, we're all adults now, uh, it's still hard to break some of those habits. But those are those are good good habits. Uh, good good habits to not break, I guess. Anyway, he'll be on the program here shortly. A few random thoughts I have this morning, guys. And, and you know, some of my random thoughts, you guys probably roll your eyes at. And just like, what are you talking about? But, you know, this is uh, the intent of the show. Just have a few random thoughts that roll through my head or kind of tie it into the way things are these days in, in our crazy world. And, and, again, I'm a sports official. I've always had uh, refereed and umpired. And, you know, I, I'm probably transitioning away from that here in the near future. But, it's definitely given me a, a very different outlook in life over these past uh, 11, 12 years, however long I've been doing it. And I, I want to say sometimes I see comparisons or things that come up and I'm just like, okay, how can I tie this in? Or uh, how do things make sense to me? And, you know, wherever you stand on so many things these days, uh, again, everyone's entitled to an opinion and uh, hopefully we make better opinions based off of facts and things, but there's so many things that are pushed on us these days that don't matter or aren't relevant. And maybe they matter to some people, but for a majority of people, it's like, why are you talking about that? Why are you pushing that agenda? Why are you promoting uh, these, these thoughts, these things? And maybe some things matter to some people, but don't matter to other people. And I think we have to find obviously the common ground and, and listen to each other, but we also got to understand that, you know, there's some issues that only matter to a small amount of people. And there's other issues that matter to a big group of people, a lot of people. And I think th those, you don't want to push aside the things that don't matter to, you know, just a couple people, but in general, I mean, we got to attack the big issues at hand. Uh, there's a, <laughs> the 20, the year 2020, let me tell you, it's been, a, an ocean of, uh, of issues and topics and division and this and that. So uh, one thing I randomly thought of was uh, as a referee, as a um, baseball umpire, the, there was a few things we had to learn and, and implement into our officiating. And one uh, thing that came to mind was numbers on jerseys, jersey numbers. There's some talks right now about the NBA and what they're going to put on the back of their jerseys and such, which is a whole nother show that I'm sure we will get to here shortly, but numbers on jerseys, at least the levels I worked, uh, some sports having the wrong Jersey may be listed in a lineup or a uh, scorebook. Uh, 
in some sports it matters and some sports it doesn't. As an example, uh, basketball, if you have the wrong number listed in the official scorebook and you're out on the court, uh, there's a penalty for that. I believe it's technical. I have a referee basketball in a few years, but the technical foul, it's uh, very serious stuff. Apparently uh, <laughs> changing the number, you got to, if you change your number, obviously you got to make a, uh, you have to come to an agreement and, and this and that, if you know, if a Jersey's ripped or something, but in general, if I say I'm number 15 and then I walk on the floor with uh, number 12 and based off of what it says in the book, it's like, Hey, we got a, a, an incorrect number here. Uh, and it, it's like, Oh, okay. Big, big event, big penalty. All right. Uh, we, you know, we got to address this. This is very important. We're in a sport like baseball. I don't know if you guys know this, but numbers are a courtesy. The lineup card is all based off of a name, Hersema, Johnson, Heaton, Carson. It's all based off your name. And it's, and if I'm wearing number 15 and I'm listing the lineup card as number 12, they may say, Hey, that's batting out of order. It's the wrong number. I may say, no, 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 this is Hersema. This is Hersema batting in the lineup. It's just the, the number, numbers are a courtesy. Uh, you can just uh, change that number. It was incorrect. Same, conversely, I, I've been handed lineup cards where numbers aren't even listed. It's just last names. I don't know why guys would do that, but some guys just want to do the minimum and not offer that uh, that assistance. So numbers are a courtesy in baseball. They don't uh, matter really. Uh, you, can, you know, there's a lot of substitutions. Hey, uh, 20 for, for uh, 18 or whatever. That's just a simple way to do it. But in general, it's supposed to be last names is the official way to, that, uh, that matters in there and a baseball lineup card. And then you take basketball in it, for instance, it numbers are a big deal. If your number is listed incorrectly or, uh, the number is listed and, uh, that person is, is not, that number is not even on the official book. That's a big deal, right? So I don't know exactly the comparison I'm trying to, to uh, draw here, but I do know that in some sports, certain rules, certain uh, infractions are a little bigger deal than, than others. And I think uh, where we're at today, it's a very difficult time where we can't seem to understand each other when uh, things are, are, are a big deal to some and not a big deal to others. Okay. And I think it's a two-way street. If you're going to listen to someone who maybe you don't see their viewpoints as that big of a deal, well, if you're going to take the time to do that, then conversely, it needs to go the other way also. Okay. I don't see that issue as a big deal, but here, here's what I think is a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just understanding that uh, we all come from different backgrounds and, you know, I don't want to think, be the person that's like, Oh, we just hold hands around a campfire and everything will be okay. I, I understand that's not the case. Uh, but, but we do need to understand that, we, we do come from different backgrounds. We Some of us are religious. Some of us are non-religious. Some of us come from a poor neighborhood. Some of us come from a, a wealthy neighborhood. Uh, some of us are in the middle. Some of us, uh, it's, it's so many different types of people in this country. And that is what makes it so wonderful, so amazing. Uh, any topic under the sun that comes up, it seems like people are divided on. And it's just like, man, how do we how do we get through these things? And I think we're all playing at times with different rules we're playing different with different rule books because a uh, different different sports one of the best quotes i ever heard i don't know was it todd carson someone told me that uh mr i think it was mr hampton who said it i don't know i could be wrong I, my memory here goes is pretty good but sometimes uh you know i i don't know <laughs> what what uh, the different connections i try to 
put the pieces together. It might've been Mr. Hampton. It might've been someone else uh, who was coaching at Rio. But uh, one time uh, there was an argument on the field, I think with the officials or something. And the, uh, the quote was, well, tell me the rules and I'll play by them. <laughs> and I love that quote. I don't know who said it, uh, but it's, but it's very true. Like I can't play by the rules unless I know them. And as a sports official, let me tell you, a lot of coaches thought they knew the rules. I thought I knew the rules going into officiating and I didn't know hardly anything. So uh, I think in general, if we're going to all play by the rules, we need to get common ground on the rules and what they are. And, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, otherwise uh, we're just going to continue to be divided, have different viewpoints, uh, worry about numbers on jerseys in one sports, but not the other. It's just that we're going to be all over the place on so many different topics. And uh, I'm hopeful that in moving forward, we can, uh, you know, come to common ground, get one rule book. I know that Mr. Heaton loves uh, a big rule book that uh, is the Bible. And we're going to talk a lot about his passion uh, in, uh, in just his ministry and, and uh, preaching to other people and his story uh, a little bit of his, uh, uh, you know, testimony and just what he's passionate about as he now uh, currently teaches still, but he teaches in the Rio Prep Junior High and High School Department in like the arts, fine arts department. Uh, so he has a little bit more time to talk with young men and women and at the Rio Prep campus, but also outside of uh, Rio Prep, you know, he's he's spoken in a few different churches He's just, he's great with visual aids. We're going to talk about that too. Uh, a lot of things he has said over the years are things that uh, I have carried with me, even when he was speaking to kids that we were all coaching, actually, as I grew into an adult, uh, it's still some memories I have uh, that I carry with me literally and uh, physically with a few of his visual aids I still have to this day. So the ultimate rule book, I think, is the Bible. And Mr. Heaton, uh, I know, feels that way as well as many other people do. And so he's going to talk a lot about his, uh, like I said, his ministry and his passion to spread the word of God, to get uh, couples uh, you know, on the same page and family and uh, all the good things that I think if we had more of and more consistently of around the country that well, you know, a lot of issues would probably go away or improve. So I think we got to turn to God. And I think Mr. Heaton will be the first to tell us all that. And so he has some great outlook and he's very, like I said, passionate is the word I keep coming up with because I, I truly believe uh, that's the, that's just the best way to describe him, especially as he's kind of progressed later in life to be more of a preacher. He doesn't really coach anymore to my knowledge, but he's more um, using scripture and just, uh, being passionate with his uh, devotional side of things. And so anyway, without rambling along too much more, let's get to his interview. We will take a very quick break and then get right to our interview with Mr. Rod Heaton. Okay, joining us on the program today is one of my former coaches from my younger days in fourth, fifth grade, somewhere in there. His name is Rod Heaton. He is a member of the class of 1988 from Rio Hondo Prep, of course. Uh, Mr. Heaton had a big impact on my life from a young age. Uh, didn't really play many sports for him going forward from there, but some, some great memories in my younger days. He had a 
big impact on me eventually going to church. He had an impact on me actually going to Rio Hondo Prep. We'll get into all those types of stories, but let me welcome them to the program first. Mr. Rod Heaton, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Matt. It's good to be here with you. Awesome. And, and I'm going to try to call you Rod, but as I've talked to a few other people, it's hard to uh, not call someone uh, Mr. Mr. Heaton or Mr. So-and-so, as that's kind of how you've, uh, <laughs> you've grown up uh, referring to them. So I'm going to do my best. Yeah, please call me Rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, Rod. Oh, just really Rod Heaton. Rio, okay. Rio Hondo initials. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, Rod, you played uh, in the late 80s with some uh, really good football players, Mr. Dave Carson uh, Jr., who uh, I, I've been told was a pretty nasty football player. Pretty, uh, and I just know him as like this incredibly nice man, uh, you know, a minister now. And then, of course, Randy Johnson, who was he's just kind of a quiet guy, gives little uh, give little jabs at people. He's now the offensive coordinator for Real Hondo Prep and uh, two legends. Uh, he was a great quarterback himself. And you were an incredible football player way back when. So we'll get kind of memory lane out of the way first. What was it like playing? <laughs> what was it like playing for those guys? And just uh, I guess football specifically in your high school years. Well, um you know, I when I got into high school uh, as a freshman, um, you know, I don't know if they still have the rule, but you, you couldn't play varsity football until you were 15 years old. Now, when I was a freshman, I was already bigger than like half of the you know varsity guys, but I still couldn't play. So they went into the playoffs when I was a freshman and my friends got to play up on varsity and I wasn't allowed to. But I did um, ask Mr. Johnson Sr. if I could practice with the team and he was more than happy to let me practice and uh, beat up on his offensive line to get him ready for the playoffs. But after that, when I was a you know sophomore, junior and senior playing varsity, our, our sophomore year, we had uh, 10 guys on the team uh, and, you know, we played eight man football. So um, there was a couple times where we were playing with just eight guys. There was like a couple guys injured or something. So the sophomore year was kind of hard. There was even one point where we got down to seven guys um, and uh, we were in trouble. But um, in junior year, uh, you know, I'm playing football and, you know, four games into the season, I tore my hamstring. Um, and so I was out for the rest of the season when I was a junior. And that year was not good. We were three and six. And then, you know, here comes the big senior year right and we we're so excited about it all of us especially dave and randy myself and um you know we're looking back at our career sophomore and junior and they're not the you know good harbinger of things to come right but um because we were so determined and we've been around together for so long uh we knew each other so well and you know with with dave you know he played tight end and the you know we'd call a play like okay Dave go up the middle and Randy's going to throw you the ball that was basically a play uh, it was called <laughs> something else but I mean it was like Dave get open in the middle somewhere and then Randy will throw it to you and he always came down with the ball it, it got it got to the point where I remember playing uh, Flintridge Prep and they literally had three defenders directly in front of Dave on the line to just prevent him, not rush the quarterback, just prevent Dave from getting out on a pattern. And uh, they couldn't stop him anyways. He was just so, you know, 
he could just pull away from anybody and uh, he would just get open. And it, the, the fun thing when I was a senior, I was playing fullback and we did this counter play where I'd take one step and then come back the other way. And Dave would go from his tight end position and trap um, the, you know, you know, pull across the line and hit the, you know, the uh, defensive end on the other side of the line. And I would just follow his block and um, I would be mesmerized for a second or so as I'm running by Dave, because he just, just, you know, immobilized the guy on the, on the end, uh, took him out. And I would like turn my head to watch Dave take out the guy that was on the defensive end as I'm running by for, you know, five or 10 yards because Dave opened up a huge hole. So that was always fun. And then, you know, Randy, he was just um, tenacious. Uh, I've never seen any quarterback be able to throw um, off of his back foot. Now, I'm not trying to put down our offensive line, but but uh, there were times when, uh, you know, like I said, sophomore and junior year that weren't so good. And Randy had to uh, figure out how to get the ball to Dave. And he usually only had a second or two. But by the time he was a senior, he was so comfortable just throwing the ball to Dave while he was falling down or while he was kind of jumping to avoid getting a hit that he could. It didn't matter if he had a chance to set in the in the pocket or just start running for his life or whatever it was. He would just know where Dave was going to be and then throw the ball in the general vicinity and, and he'd get the, you know, a completion. It was just incredible. Uh, those two guys, um, you know, there's other guys on the team too, but you mentioned those two guys specifically. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we came up short in the end, uh, ended up playing uh, Templeton for the, for the finals and uh, lost, you know, but uh, it was still, you know, we were 10 and one the whole season. And uh, we'd already played them once during the season and we beat them and then we come to the finals and lose. But we had a couple injuries from the game before. Um, so, you know, things happened, whatever. But uh, it was still a, a great time back in back in high school. Well, Rob, what I like really talking to guys about who've played at Rio Hondo and also just to kind of educate people who maybe don't know much about the program is it's so fun to talk about everyone who's played before and – it, it, it's it's gone back so many years now. I mean, you guys had some good t- or good team there uh, in your senior year. You went through some struggles. There were some good teams after you. There were good teams before you. If you can sum it up in a few sentences, what, what could you tell me about what makes Real Hondo Prep football so special? Because it is so special to so many of us. Uh, I love seeing the alumni coming to games and watching them. I mean, you had your your when games were being played at Care Field. You know, there's there's Mr. Heaton standing along the fence line at that spot you used to uh, love watching games at. So just just in general. We'll, what are your thoughts on what makes Real Hondo Prep football so special? I, th- I think there's so many aspects to it. Um, just, you know, you have this tradition of Real Hondo Prep football and you have this great cast of characters who've come before you and you know that in the future there's going to be people who will, you know, be taking up the mantle. But I think for me what, what was so unique when I played – and I didn't realize at the time, I think now that I kind of look back at it and I can see what was really happening was that uh, the coaches and, you know, all the teachers and the staff and faculty and all the alumni, 
you see them all around you and you be, you start to feel like uh, you're responsible. And I think that's the best word I can use that, that you're responsible to pick up where these guys have left off. You're responsible for this, um, this legacy um, of Rio Hondo prep football and Rio Hondo prep in general um, to be able to carry it on to the next generation. And ultimately what that really kind of means to me is that you, you pick up this responsibility and you, you start feeling responsible for the guy next to you. You start feeling responsible for the team and you, you start feeling responsible for the school. And then ultimately you start feeling responsible for the kids that are at the games that are cheering for you. You know, all these fourth and fifth graders like you were at the time um, that, that come to these games and they're cheering for you. And, you know, there was a while that, you know, all these kids would come to the game and, you know, they would, they would run out on the field after the game and their, you know, high school assistant coaches are out there and they would steal their, you know, sweatbands off their arms just to, just to have a little piece of what happened in the game. And it was always fun to see that. And then as the player, like I said, you, you start to feel this responsibility towards other people. And I think if you can really boil down Rio Honda prep football and Rio Honda prep in general, it's that attitude of a care that you start caring for other people. You start feeling responsible for other people. You're responsible for the team. You start caring for, you know, each team member and you start caring about, you know, representing uh, this school, representing this football team for uh, everything that has come before and you know will continue on in the future. That's an outstanding answer. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, you get a lot of the similar thoughts and feelings from other people who appreciate Real Hondo Prep football as well. And it's not to diminish any of the other sports or, or the girls' athletics or any of that. It's it's wait, just wait, wait. There's other sports. <laughs> That's that's why we have you on here, Mr. Rod Heaton. Rod, I love it. I absolutely love it. You, you know, <laughs> see, I'm with you. I mean, I, I played those other sports. I liked playing them too, but football was everything to me. So I, I hear you 100% there. You know, uh, Rod, after high school, you got into uh, – you were coaching in the RHLA program. Uh, I was a Gator playing in Care Youth League in the mid-90s, uh, early 90s, mid-90s, and uh, you came over and coached us, I think it was fourth grade, maybe or maybe some other time. But anyway, I think it was just the fourth grade year where you were our coach. And it was uh, you were assistant coach with Mr. Shintaku, and yeah. I don't know how long you were out there wearing the Gator colors and everything, but I can honestly say that you did have an impact on guys like me, uh, Nick Fuentes, Brian Ermanski, Vince Ermanski. I, I remember uh, you you just told me one day as a fourth grader, hey, when are you going to start coming to church? When are you going to start yeah. coming to church with me and uh, your, some of your teammates? And I was just like, oh, well, I guess I don't have a, a reason to say no. So that's some of my fondest memories, Rod, is you picking me up and those other guys up. Sunday mornings, we'd go to church. And uh, I hadn't really gone to church before. I loved Care Youth League and club meetings and everything. But, but that was such a, uh, a meaningful moment to me that uh, I don't know if I've ever uh, expressed uh, gratitude for it directly to you or not. But, but definitely I want to say thank you for, for, uh, for that moment because uh, those are some of the funnest times I, I remember that were really off the uh, athletic field.
Yeah. Well, when I when I first started coaching, I came from uh, Superior, the Superior Spartans, um, and uh, they just needed uh, an extra coach out at Glendora for the Gators. Uh, Gary, Mr. Taku, uh, needed an assistant, and so I started actually coaching the team above you, which was Vince Ormansky's team. Um, that was my team, and then Mr. Shintaku would help with that team, and then I helped him with the you know the fourth grade team and then he was the head coach for that team i think we had the the team below that too but um that's you know kind of the makeup of that but yeah you the the team above you uh vince's team um mm-hmm. they were okay medium <laughs> mediocre um but uh but your team was fun to coach because you guys had some real athletes on that team you mentioned nick um and uh sure he was a he was a great player, but um, I'll just, I'll never forget him pitching uh, in baseball games. He was amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, for me, uh, when it, you know, there's, you're out the football field or, you know, whatever sports and you're, you're having fun, but, but the, the whole purpose behind the game is essentially to win. Um, you know, we all played to win and uh you know, you, you start the game, you warm up, you play the game, you, after the game, you go home. Well, for me, you know, coaching is far more than just, you know, coaching. For me, it's, mm-hmm. as we call it, Carrie, think being a leader. And so, uh, you know, what's important to me is the life of the boys that I'm coaching. It's not just, you know, playing the games. And so, um, you know, I view church as not... Um, something that you you have to do. I think it's fun to go to church. I enjoy going to church. Um, and I wanted uh, some boys to take to church and to realize that church is not just, uh, you know, sitting in the pew or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I love taking you guys to church in my uh, Dodge Dakota truck that had a little bit of room in the extra cab. Um, it's, you know, stuff in there and uh, and go to church and then go out to eat afterwards and stuff. And I'll never forget the one time I was taking, I was picking up uh, Vince and Brian and I picked them up and I think I was on my way to pick up you and Nick. And then I was coming down that hill on Gladstone in Glendora and I got too much speed and the cop pulled me over and I got Vince and Brian in the car, you know, and I could have gotten a ticket, but Brian was wearing a Santa hat at the time, <laughs> fourth grade, right? So Brian, Brian Romance, he's wearing a Santa's hat, and he's in the back seat, um, and he, he sticks his head up between the seats and looks at the policeman as he's, as he's standing there telling me how fast I was going. And, the, you know, the policeman just looks at him and goes, where are you guys going? And we're all like, we're going to church. <laughs> and he's like, all right, go ahead. Just watch your speed. So I totally got out of that because of Brian's Santa hat. But, yeah, those were those were great times picking you guys up and going to church. Oh, it was fantastic. And, you know, it, church was great, but it was, you know, afterwards we got to go to lunch. We'd always hit 7-Eleven maybe. We, we'd, uh, we'd go uh, go over to your place and watch laser discs of some of these, uh, some videos and stuff. And I don't know if laser discs are even still around, but it was surround sound. It was loud. We're watching these action movies and stuff. We do that occasionally. Uh, just an absolute blast. And, uh, yeah, I was like, man, this going to church thing's uh, not not so bad. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I mean, you know, sure, there's church and sometimes, you know, there's parts of church that 
especially for a fourth or fifth grader that can get kind of long. But, um, <laughs> you know, I again, I think it's about, you know, getting to know each other and spending time together. And, and I love my LaserDisc player. Uh, it's just funny how technologies change. You go from the VHS, and I had that. I had the LaserDisc player because I love the good, loud, you know, movies or whatever. Uh, and no, I don't have any of my LaserDiscs anymore. Uh, and then you uh, go from like DVD to Blu-ray, and now everything I watch is like all, you know, streaming. So it's funny how <laughs> technology changes like that. There's, there's, two, there's two more memories I want to share with you about uh, your days that, again, one year coaching me roughly. Uh, but, you know, used to drive the bus home. I always needed a ride home. That was part of the biggest reason I, I got into Care Youth League because my parents were working and transportation. But you would drive uh, me and multiple kids home in the bus after practice and everything. And I don't know how it started. Some leaders would play uh, Name That Tune. They would do all these different things. But somehow uh, you started – you told about one sports injury or something. And I just wanted, I remember as a kid sitting there saying, Mr. Heaton, tell us, tell us another sports injury story of an injury you saw or this, you told us about you tearing your hamstring in that muddy game. You talked about some guy uh, that a a basketball was thrown to him and it popped his finger out of his socket. He went running out of the pavilion. I just, I just, I remember some of these moments and stories so vividly Cause I was, you know, just, uh, you know, all ears as a, as a young kid, but yeah, I remember the bus rides, Mr. He tell us another injury story. I want to hear some, give me a really good one. Give me a real bad one. <laughs> yeah, real bad one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so you had someone, Oh, go ahead. Well, it's, it's unfortunate nowadays, you know, it's like, you know, the second the kids get on a bus or do anything and they break out their little, you know, cell phones and they just escape into their own world instead of, you know, just talking to each other and, you know, telling stories and, you know, communicating like that when you miss out on so much, uh, you know, interpersonal relationships that uh, are lost nowadays because of that. But, oh, well, <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, oh absolutely. I, I see it all the time now. I'm like, man, just little things like you mentioned, like, really, everyone's got to jump on their phone. There's uh, there's life going on all around us and we, we forget it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the one other thing I want to say is, um, I mean, well, outside of like, we, we do all these, uh, these Gator outings, you and Mr. Shintaku together, Gary Shintaku, uh, I'm sure you guys were both outdoors type of guys, the, the fishing trips to Mammoth and stuff like that. All oh, kinds of the greatest, man. I love those. Right. I mean, th- I mean, and, and I just remember it was like an all night drive. It was all, it was always like, these were like special incentive trips for kids to like sell extra candy or do something extra and then get to have those experiences. And yeah, you and Mr. Shintaku together doing those things. I mean, it was perfect for both of you because you guys loved the outdoors and, and taking kids and doing stuff like that. Right. That was just a blast. Oh, I mean, I loved it. And um, yeah, again, I put you guys in the back of my Dodge Dakota and again, they didn't have the crew cabs where it was like a full door in the back. You had to slide in the back seat and stuff. And then, you know, like you said, we, we'd leave at like, um, what was it, like, you know, 9 o'clock at night. And then I'd drive all night, and then we'd go straight to the lake to go fishing. Um, and uh, Mr. Shintaku, he's the one that taught me how to fish. And, uh, you know, just taking you guys up there and uh, going fishing and, you know, teaching you guys how to clean the fish and, there was one kid one time where I taught him how to clean a fish and he became a vegetarian on the spot. Um, oh. But uh, that was at one of the camps. 
but those were those are great times because again it's like you know living around here like i do in in the city and stuff that there's there's no lakes like that that you can go fishing at there's reservoirs a couple but uh to get boys out and take them fishing and and things like that there's just nothing like it um you know that connection you can have by just getting out into nature and stuff it's just it's just wonderful um, and I think the best thing that came from all of that for me was um, the fact that I uh, taught my wife how to fish and she likes it. Um, and uh, I taught her how to clean a fish and she can do that. I go, wow, this is a person I have to marry. Right. Um, <laughs> and and uh, so it was it was about a couple of Christmases ago, but I bought my wife and myself for Christmas a lifetime fishing license for California. And uh, it was the most romantic gift I could ever give to my wife. And she loved it. <laughs> uh, that is a match made in heaven, Rod. Uh, that's that's right. outstanding. You know what? I, I'll, uh, I'll embarrass you a little bit here. I was, again, a young kid. And I would I don't know who was getting married. It was one of the care weddings, one <laughs> of the first ones I was ever at. And you were my coach. And you you handed me this little Hershey's uh uh, kiss the those little silver chocolate and yeah. you said hey go, go give this to that uh, to that uh, lady over there and I remember <laughs> thinking what and I carried it over and said hey uh, Mr. Heaton said to give this to you and she just kind of looked over at you and we I later found out when you guys got married that that was kind of like uh, kind of a little courtship thing yeah. and uh, and I flashed back and went wait a minute I was delivery guy on one of those that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't remember who, which, whose wedding it was but i was young and yeah i was like wait a minute oh that's sly mr heaton coach heaton, way to go <laughs> yeah, yeah. using whatever i could to court my wife yeah <laughs> you gotta love it. that's great stuff and the fishing story that's fantastic oh man a ton of stories well well one last one thing i want to tell you 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 got me to church uh, you got me outdoors and doing, have a little bit more fun. I, I contributed to, uh, you know, some of the the courtship there. But, but one, one other memory, one other great memory I have is we were, I think we had like a Disneyland trip or something. It was like, again, like an incentive type. It was only like five or six kids. And we all went to uh, Disneyland because we sold a certain amount of candy or tickets. Who knows what it was. But uh, you were asking me about Real Hondo Prep because at that time, Fourth grade was when kids went to Rio, and a lot of my peers had already gone, the Ermanskis and the Fuentes and a few other kids. And you were like, hey, how come you're not you, – you're thinking about Rio Hondo Prep or what? And, and <laughs> I'm I, sure I said I, something I, like, why aren't you in Rio? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on here? And I, I, didn't, yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know much about it or anything. And, I, you know, you hear rumors or you hear – you think you understand, you know, when you're that young, you hear something and you just take it a completely different direction. And I didn't know what to say. I think I said something along the lines of, well, Mr. Heaton, you know, they, they, they won't let you have a girlfriend at Real Hondo Prep. And I was like, I was a fourth grader and you like pulled the car over and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where'd you hear that? What, what exactly do you mean by that? You explained it to me. No, no, no. Guys and girls, like everyone needs to be friends and get to get along and this and that. And uh, I was, you know, very naive young, young kid. But from that point forward, I eventually got there in seventh grade. But from that point forward, it started to be like, okay, maybe I should go to this school. So that was the first uh, official recruitment, I guess, of me going to Real Hondo Prep. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, um, 
one of the things about Rio, Rio Hunter Prep and, and what we do is that it can create a number of rumors and, uh, you know, falsehoods about it that spread around. And, you know, like any kind of game of uh, telephone, right, that, you know, yeah. from one person yeah. to the next, things get distorted. And, you know, I, I just find it absolutely amazing that you're a fourth grader asking about girlfriends, Matt. Um, but, I, I, well, yeah, and it's, it's probably the last time because I, I told Todd this. I, I am not a ladies. I had no idea what I was talking about then, nor do I do now. But, uh, you know, our goal is to help uh, boys and girls to achieve as much as they can in their lives and to go as far as they can with so many different things, so many different possibilities with education, with sports, with you know, uh, future careers or whatever it is. And there's so many things nowadays and back then, but even worse nowadays, uh, that are in the culture that become um, what you would consider maybe to be an idol. And it becomes so important that other things that, you know, aren't immediate gratification, uh, kids can, you know, pass by the wayside because, they're they're so you know fixated on these other things in life and the culture and you know nowadays with the the whole youtubes and the all everything that's that people can see this you know now kind of generation this you know instant gratification um that they they lose sight of of actually preparing for something and focusing on something and, and achieving a goal and working hard to get there and you know, as a teacher of Real Hunter Prep nowadays and, you know, a coach and everything, I think what's really important is to help kids along the way to be able to set aside a few things that really aren't important right now, you know, in their lives as a, as a junior high, a high school person, set it aside, mm -hmm. you know, prepare for your future, prepare for, you know, your future job and prepare yourself for your future husband or wife. And uh, not focus on those kind of things right now. And then in the long run, um, you know, being a, you know, 15-year-old guy that I am now, I can look and go, I, I know now that if, the, if kids at, in junior high and high school would just kind of set some things aside, put it off because it's going to be there in the future. Just set it aside. Focus on the things that you really need to do right now. Then when it's time, those things will come back to you. You know, and mm -hmm. if you work hard for the things that you know you need to do now to prepare for the future, then, you know, ultimately, I believe that God's going to bring those things back around in your life. The things that he knows are going to make you happy, the things that you really do need to focus on other things right now, set some things aside and really go after that that future. Um, and then, you know, like I said, those things will come back around. I think that's kind of the premise of of things, but people just look at the, okay, don't have a girlfriend right now. Well, why not? You know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that girl, that guy can become more important than your homework. It can become more important than, you know, doing some chores, working uh, for that, you know, $5 hour job, whatever you're doing right now, that um, is really going to prepare your, you know, heart and mind for the future. And then when you're ready for that girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, someday they'll be there. Um, and uh, so that's, I think that's the premise behind it, which again, so many people misinterpret. Oh, oh no, it's very misinterpreted. And 
Uh, yeah, again, I was a young kid saying those things, but yeah, I was fortunate. Play, man. <laughs> I grew up fast, I guess. I, I guess so, <laughs> wow. When, when I, you know, I was fortunate that when I grew old enough to like start liking girls, I was terrified of them as well. So that was a, <laughs> that helped me out. But my mom was had a big influence on me. Uh, she would always tell me when I was growing up, like, you don't, you don't, you know, don't get involved with girls, uh, being a good, she's like, you don't have time for that. She goes, as a, as a, as a woman, we, uh, they, they, they're going to want your time. It's not all, it says that you got other things going on. She was a great mom. I, I, she just said all, all the different things. You're good. You're, you're a busy guy. You don't have time for that stuff. <laughs> I was like, okay, I agree with you. <laughs> well, when you get that, you know, great woman in your life that, um, is just the right one for you. They do take up a lot of your time and you're going to want to spend all the time you can with them. And so you better have the education take care of, you better have the job taken care of so that you can spend all your time with that great woman that comes into your life. And your mom was one of those great women, by the way, she was, she was amazing. And I'm going to add this one in here because your dad was amazing too. Um, When, and this is like 20 years ago now, because that's when I got my house and um, the house that I got, which I'm still in today, um, had a, a lot of uh, electrical situations that were not really up to modern code. And so your dad uh, came over and crawled under my house and helped install new Romex and all kinds of neat stuff for my house, put in a you know, I had fuses when I originally moved in and he helped install breaker, you know, breakers, the breaker box at my house. Oh, he was awesome. But ultimately, the thing that I remember most about your dad, and it goes back to what we were just talking about, is that when your dad would finish something off and he would screw it in and cap it off and whatever. And I'm like, you know, is that good? Is that it? And he goes, well, it's good enough for the girls we date. <laughs> Wow. I'll never forget that. It was so funny. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. <laughs> that is hilarious. I, yeah, I remember. I remember him helping out on the, the houses and stuff. Yeah, he's a pretty talented electrician. Happy to be retired now and not touch any more electricity. Oh, but yeah. Was- yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rod, you've always been somebody that is really good with visual aids, whether it be a club meeting, whether it be a Bible study or speaking in church. I know those are some things you're very passionate about and uh, have probably been more passionate about the past 10 years or so. But one memory I have from I think I was in high school and it might have been the young leaders, the RHLA, they put together it was it was uh, it was a lesson, but it was like this job fair uh, pr- pr- uh, production. And I remember you. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. You were like a credit card salesman, <laughs> and you were you were pitching this idea about credit cards, and it was uh, it was like a uh, you know a Satan credit card or something <laughs> like yeah. it was like 
charge now, pay, you know, have fun now, pay later or yeah. something like that. And you were so into the bit, you were shouting, you were smiling, you were yelling, you were, you were a credit card salesman really pitching this idea of how great life can be if you just live for, live for it now and maybe uh, don't do some of the godly things that you should be doing. And it, it's always stuck out to me. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Uh, not necessarily particularly the, the situation you're talking about, but um, I developed that um, idea and uh, I used it for years when I was working with uh, the sixth graders, when I was teaching the sixth graders and we'd go away on our school, uh, school camp, school trip to Monterey, California. And mm -hmm. I would cut out, you know, a little cardboard, you know, credit card um uh, and pass it out to all the kids and it kind of explain you know what a credit card is and hey you can have you can pay all this money right now and that it's yours you can get whatever you want and uh just pay for it later no big deal and it that kind of goes back to what we were talking about this whole you know girlfriend in junior high and high school or thing um where you know just just have fun now and uh don't worry about the future just have fun now and so, you know, I try to help, uh, you know, middle school, high school kids to to realize that they really, it, you know, it's about Care Youth League's motto, your future is now. The decisions you make now really do affect your life in the future. And, um, you know, if you're really going to just, you know, go off the deep end and just worry about pleasures and, you know, whatever, then, you know, you're going to pay for it a little bit later. But uh that was kind of the idea. And, you know, I love giving visual aids because I think so often we, we talk about, you know, different concepts and, and different premises and, and, you know, different things that, that you talk about from the Bible and, you know, Jesus, he talked about, you know, different uh, visual ideas, the whole concept of sowing seeds or, you know, a camel going through the eye of a needle or, you know, all these kind of different things. And I love, uh, you know, trying to help, um, people, uh, young or old, to understand concepts, uh, biblical concepts, or just, you know, good uh, world, you know, organizing concepts uh, about life that uh, can really kind of make a light bulb go on in someone's mind. Go, oh, you know, I, I do get that. I understand how that works now. Okay, I get that. And uh, hopefully, uh, through a little creativity and things that I do, that uh, people can really grasp a hold of what might otherwise be a difficult concept to grasp. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a very visual person. And when you're talking to it, what you did so many times with sixth grade boys, I mean, uh, everyone's starting to develop a little bit more and there's new challenges ahead and everything. So uh, as far as attention spans, I think, uh, visual stuff really makes a, a, a big impact. And, and any adult who's had a credit card or maybe spent more than they should have yeah. can totally relate, totally relate to the credit card analogy. And that's one that just has always stuck with me. And you were so entertaining because when you got fired up about something, you just had all this energy about it. Like, come on, guys, come on. Who wants to sign up? And you know, you're, it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, you said you've seen a couple of my messages from church, but just, you know, un, unfortunately with this whole, you know, coronavirus thing, and we haven't been able to go to church, that a lot of the, all the services have now been online. And so the messages that I've been doing in church have, have you know, I'm not giving the message to anybody, really. It's just a camera. 
But um, just a few weeks ago, I did um, a message and I used a barbershop or getting a haircut as a comparison to what it means to really come to, to Jesus and to understand what, what grace really is. And, you know, I was up on stage and, and you can find it on, you know, my YouTube channel because I, I put up different videos of stuff that I do, my messages and things. But um, I, I had a wig. My, I got one of those Thor wigs, you know, with the blonde hair. And, yeah, uh, I saw that one. Oh, you did? Okay. So I'm on stage and I'm, I'm cutting my own hair, you know, like uh, we're trying to fix up our own lives when Jesus is just waiting there to help us, you know, cut our hair for us. And, and uh, he just lets us, you know, but uh, that was a fun, a fun message. And I think a lot of people kind of really kind of related to that and trying to, you know, that concept of cutting my own hair where I'm trying to clean up my own life when God just wants to help us clean up our lives, not to make us do it on our own. So yeah, I yeah. like doing visual aids and stuff. Oh, it's it's entertaining, and it, you got to be re- real creative for for some of those things. And just real quick, you mentioned your your YouTube channel. For those of you who maybe don't know about it or uh, want to check it out, where exactly can they go to look at that? And what is kind of some of the content? Is it is it Bible study related, or, or what can you t- tell us about it? Well, I'd I'd love to say that there's all kinds of uh, material on it that has to do with that, but. Um, I really made my YouTube channel and it's just, you know, YouTube and Rod Heaton. I don't, I don't know what else it is, but, but um, when um, I really kind of made it, when uh, we started teaching from home, you know, and I was uh, teaching a uh, middle school class where students are, you know, middle school reading students who are struggling readers. And so I would read a book uh, from my house and record it and put it on my YouTube channel so they can go on there and listen to the book uh, that I'm reading and then take a quiz on it so they can read it along with me. Um, but uh, I've also added uh, a number of the messages that I've done on my channel so that people can, you know, see what I really do <laughs> on it. So, yeah, it's out there. Oh, awesome. Well, we'll have to check it out. And anyone interested, definitely uh, check it out. And, and Rod, real quick, I, I just looked, I'm at my desk here, and I looked up on my uh, desk, and towards the back corner of one of my desks here, uh, I, I noticed something, and I just, I didn't plan this, I just realized, uh, oh, this is actually from one of Rod Heaton's messages and topics. I was coaching in the junior high, and we did a mammoth trip, I think it was sixth grade boys, yeah. maybe it was seventh, whatever it was, and it was one of those camps where you were passing out bullets. Oh, yeah, and- yeah. Yeah, a bullet, and it's got a little keychain kind of a thing. It's a it's a bullet, and I I have one of those on my desk, and uh, here here it is right here. Uh, for those who don't believe me, but yeah, it's sitting here looking at me, and again, that's something I took with me. Uh, I was coaching. I was a le- young leader at the time, but uh, you were passing out bullets, and they were some were like little bullets, some were big bullets, and I just remember uh, like. Keeping this with me all the uh, how many years it's been, and uh, I stopped coaching in like 2008, well, 2007 or so. So it's been a long time, but yeah, uh, definitely had an impact on me, and uh, it's a reason I've kept it so long. Well, I would like to say though that the bullet you have for you know your listeners, uh, there is no gunpowder in that bullet. <laughs> no, no, so, no powder at all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, there's a little hole in the shell where it's been you know drained out, which was. Really kind of yep. cool because we put I put a uh, like a dog tags uh, chain through the bullet yep. 
so that you could so that you could actually wear it around your around your neck. And mm -hmm. uh, that the devotions for that was from Ephesians, uh, where it uh, Paul talks about the armor of God. And, uh, yes. you know, when Paul was talking about it, they didn't have bullets around. And so they had swords and shields and stuff like that. And so I was trying to make the devotions, again, come alive to the point where kids can really understand it from a modern aspect and not with swords and shields. And so the sword um, that Paul illustrates is the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And so that's like your offensive weapon. And so, you know, in order to fight against the temptations of life, uh, you have to know the scripture. And so uh, my analogy was that a bullet, well, your gun, right? Your gun is useless without any bullets, um, mm -hmm. especially nowadays. They're all made out of polymers. But um, <laughs> but uh, the bullet is a, a verse. And so you spend time in the scriptures and you learn a verse, um, you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, etc. And then that that verse becomes a part of your life. And when you're struggling with something, you know, that's your offensive weapon. You can take a shot at uh, the things that are coming at you in life from God's word. And uh, you need to have more than one bullet. <laughs> You've got to have a number of bullets uh, in your, uh, in your uh, arsenal uh, to combat uh, things that are going on. And just going to, you know, Matthew uh, chapter four, where the, you know, Satan comes and tempts Jesus. And every time Satan came after Jesus and tempted him, Jesus came back with a scripture reference, and it was like bullets. Uh, Jesus was shooting at uh, at the devil, you know, with his with his arsenal, his, you know, all the bullets in his magazine, you know, letting him have it. And then when the devil shot back at a at a verse that was out of context, Jesus came right back with another bullet of a verse about taking scripture out of context. And so, I think that was that was the idea, and I hope they uh, all the guys got from that trip. Uh, when, we, when we did go to Mammoth and I passed out the bullets and stuff, I still have a few that were left over in my drawer somewhere. Um, but yeah, those are great, great times, great devotions. And and the fact that you still have that is just awesome, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, it's a lot easier to carry around a giant sword, right? So uh, I figured, you know, much, yeah. much better. <laughs> but no, I love visual aids, especially anything revolving, you know, uh, combat, military, uh, self-defense, yeah. and anything like that. I mean, I think most young men feel that way. They, they kind of have that fighting spirit in them that they can appreciate yeah. uh, one way or another. Sometimes we're forced to, even if we don't have it. Uh, so, no, it's it's definitely uh, it's something I wanted to hold on to uh, for a reason. And I've, I've moved multiple places now the past few years. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of my more prized possessions, I'll say. That's awesome. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, well, speaking, I mean, ministry, I know it's something you're very passionate about. And, uh, you know, you really liked working with uh, sixth grade kids. You were coaching or excuse me, teaching uh, at Rio Hondo Prep for a while in the sixth grade age. Uh, nowadays, you're working primarily in the fine arts at Rio Hondo Prep, kind of teaching uh, various classes and filling in wherever things need. But it frees you up to do a lot of uh, the things you're passionate about, right? As far as uh, being uh, in ministry, maybe Bible studies. What are some of the kind of the things you've uh, done the past few years 
in, in, uh, in, in that direction, really preaching to young men or young men and women, Bible studies, speaking in church? What can you tell me about your experiences doing that, those things? Well, I, I think the thing that really starts it is um, back when I was in high school. I was, when I was a freshman in high school, um, you know, we had our, you know, high school camps, right? And we went up to Mount Care and uh, did lots of fun stuff. And one of the things we did when we were at Mount Care in, in high school when I was a freshman uh, with all the high school guys was that we had an overnight rubber band gun war. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't have, they don't, we don't make those anymore. You know, it had that mechanism where you can shoot the big thick rubber bands at each other. And uh, we're there all night. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning or whatever. And, um, you know, I had, uh, we had those point flags. So if I get shot, then I have to give up the point. Well, I have one of the highest point flags, like a hundred point flag. And, and so my team's like, well, go, go away and hide. And I'm like, I don't want to hide, but I did anyways, cause I was dressed all in camouflage. And so I went on, a, <laughs> I went on one of the, the hillsides and I kind of buried myself in pine needles and, you know, somebody could have walked along and stepped on me and they wouldn't even know I was there. But as I'm sitting there, I'm just, I'm spending time, you know, looking at the stars and praying, um, and uh, one of the things I really wanted to know at that point in my life was what, what God wanted me to do. And so I, I just prayed. I go, God, I'm going to be here all night. Um, you know, just tell me. Tell me what you want me to do. And before, before I really even finished what I was saying, it, there was this, the only time I could ever really say that I almost audibly heard God's voice say to me, preach. And it was just the strangest thing because I would have never you know, thought of that myself. And at the time I thought of preaching in a, in a negative concept, you know, where, you know, don't preach at me, stop preaching, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, um, I really thought about that. And I, I told some people, I told, you know, my leader, Mr. Pat Taylor and my friends, you know, when we talked about our callings and stuff, and then, you know, growing up and I went to, you know, art school, I have an art degree, which is where all the creativity, you know, kind of comes from. But, then I started, I started teaching, like you said, I started teaching sixth grade and taught sixth grade for like 18 years or whatever, and still love sixth grade because it's just the, the greatest age before, you know, kids turn into, you know, teenagers. And uh, <laughs> so it's just a great age. And, and then, you know, just gradually always kind of keep in the back of my mind what, you know, God has called me to do. And just all those all those club meetings and all those uh, camps and all the times where I'm teaching God's word, that's, that's all been preaching. And uh, when it really came down to it, out of everything that I really enjoyed in life was to really help somebody understand God's word. And I think that's, that's just what, what God has put on my heart and, and is really part of the fiber of my being because I feel closest to him when I'm doing what he has really called me to do. And so just gradually as I'm going through, you know, working with the sixth graders and things. And then at the time where it's, you know, my time is ending because I'm getting old and, and uh, they got a new, you know, younger, prettier person to take my job. And, um, and so then, you know, I, start doing the art classes and I'm thinking like, well, I don't want to do this. I like teaching the sixth grade. But then I started realizing the amount of time that I could start spending on, you know, preparing messages and Bible studies and, 
and things like that. And just talking to, you know, kids who come into my classroom during snack period or lunch period, you know, and, and I can talk to them and, and just, you know, bring up God's word in some way, shape or form. I also have a um, Instagram where I post uh, Bible questions on it. And uh, when I was in class that, you know, if the kids, you know, followed me on Instagram and they get the Bible question and they, they can come to my classroom and I give them candy or whatever, if they answer the Bible question, right. But, um, you know, just doing that and then just uh, started to get into, uh, you know, teaching on Sunday mornings, different uh, messages and sermons and stuff. And I just love doing that again, trying to help people really understand God's word. And, uh, you know, I got a variety of different times where I could uh, I I started teaching at uh, this Lutheran church where uh, it was a Chinese service, but um, the kids who were the, you know, the second generation, um, they understood what their parents were kind of saying in Chinese, but they all spoke English now. And so they wanted someone to come in and give them Bible lessons in English. And so I spent a few years doing that. And uh, one of the guys from that group, uh, his name is Derek, and I actually did his wedding for him. I officiated his wedding for him. And it's just been such a blessing to be able to be led by God from the time I was a freshman, him telling me, you're going to preach and not having a clue what that means. And then and now at, again, you know, 50 years old or whatever I am now, um, just looking back at, you know, the time between I was a freshman in high school and the time that I am now, realizing how God just works in your life and whatever he wants, he's going to bring about if you just surrender to him. And he's going to bring about what's good, what what's going to make you happy. You know, what's really going to make your life flourish. That's what God wants to bring about if, again, you just surrender to him. And I think that's that's what's really happened with my whole ministry thing. It's just been such a blessing. And sure, you know, preaching and ministering to other people is just wonderful. But what I've gotten out of it from God through doing that is what's really been awesome. God cares I think more about the preacher than the message because he wants, you know, me to become, you know, the best that I can be in, you know, in his word and in his love and in the relationship with him. And so I, I benefit so much because whenever I give a message to somebody, it's essentially what I've gone through and the things that I've learned and the things that I needed to change and the things that I needed to work on. So that's what uh, the whole ministry thing's been in my life. Well, that's outstanding stuff. I know that when when you were working with sixth graders, and I was kind of again with the the whole bullet I have, I was mm-hmm. I was coaching at the time, and it was really some of the the first time I had heard you uh, uh, preach, we'll say, and and obviously we had heard you in the club meetings and different things, but I, I definitely could see that there was a new uh, approach you had. You were definitely more intense and passionate about it. I think, and, and uh, I think it mildly. Thank you so much. Intense, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, pretty much how I preach. Yeah, pretty intense. <laughs> hey, there's a there's a time and a place. It's like coaching. There's a time to uh, time to be cool, calm, and collected, and there's a time to uh, amp it up. Right? Yeah, there's different times. There you go. Different times, different times for different things. So, no, I, I remember all that, uh, and, and I've always uh, taken something from the times you've spoken, and I think there's a lot of young men out there as well, even if they maybe go a different direction with their lives or 
uh, even take some time away from God. I think that, that's, you know, if we're honest, a lot of us do at times. And, uh, you know, hopefully we come back back to full circle and come back and, and ha- have him in our lives uh, more than, uh, than some of our darker times. I, I think kids and people you talk to, it, it definitely makes an impact uh, one way or another. And it's something that that, that people can remember uh, you and your words by for sure. So well, I, uh, I really hope that that's how it is because, you know, there's so many times where I'm going to, I'm going to talk to a young person again, high school, jun- you know, junior high, high school, uh, college age, you know, kids they are all kids to me now um, where, you know, I realized that, you know, there might be one or two in a group of 50 that are like, yeah, that's the answer. But for the most part, you're just, you know, I, I feel like, I'm just planting seeds, hopefully, that, um, you know, maybe someone's not sure about what I'm saying, not sure about God's word, not sure about the whole, you know, living for Christ kind of thing. Um, and they're, they're, they're feeling convicted, they're feeling all those things, but they're, they're just not sure yet. And sometimes people have to make mistakes. They have to make mistakes to be able to realize, oh, this is a mistake. <laughs> and then kind of come back around and go, you know, wait a minute, there was a there was a seed that was planted in my life. Someone said something at one point where it made sense. I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to find that again. I'm going to go, I'm going to look back into that. And again, there's no way for me to know um, how many seeds I've planted in, in people's lives. Um, You know, but I, I think ultimately if, if somebody, you know, on the day we're all standing in the clouds, you know, before God or whatever, and, and people get a, get a chance to give their testimonies to, you know, what happened in their life. If if out of all of humanity that's standing there, someone stands up and say, "Hey, you know, there was a there was a time when I was in, you know, Monterey, California. I was at Mammoth, or I was at Mount Care, and Mr. Heaton said, you know, something about something, and that was, you know, what made me come back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later to really understanding God's word." Uh, wow, what a, what a reward, you know, people talk about getting crowns in heaven or whatever, but I, I think an incredible reward was, would be to know that somebody's there, um, and, and just having this, this experience of like having someone say that, Hey, my life was different because of something you said, some seed that you planted in my life. And that's what really you know, Christ is talking about when he says, go, go love others, you know, make a difference in somebody's life. You might not see it right now, but go do something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if we're all honest, you know, the greatest lessons are in life are from moments of failure or, you oh, know, yeah. Imper- yeah, I mean, that's, I, I've learned more from failure than I have success over the years uh, as growing I figure, into it. I figure if, um, if everybody can uh, look at my life, they would know exactly how not to do things, and <laughs> they'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you there. But yeah, it's some of my darkest times. It's funny the things you reflect on, you look back on uh, when you're in a tough place. Uh, you know, you're you're seeking answers, and you think back to. I mean, I'm 35 years old now. I think back to club meetings from junior high or high school days or some of the different church messages I've, I've heard, and they make an impact even to this day. Uh, again, I don't have a, a magic bullet from all of those lessons, but, uh, you know, uh, a couple here and there that stick out to me. So I, I you're uh, no pun intended. You're preaching to the choir, Mr. Heaton. <laughs> 
Well, at least you have one bullet from uh, <laughs> all those messages. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, kind of. What are some future plans for you as far as ministry? Uh, are you you did you you mentioned you were pursuing some uh, further education, some biblical studies? What can you tell me, kind of, about that, and what you some of your thoughts moving forward? Um. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned to you earlier that I'm uh, doing online classes at uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College, CCBC, and uh, just kind of enjoying those, uh, you know, one or two classes at a time, uh, not going real fast through it. But um, uh, eventually I'll get there. And, uh, you know, if if somebody, you know, down the line says, well, uh, you want to work for our church, uh, what kind of degree do you have? And I could say, well, I have an art degree from Cal State L.A., and they're going to go, really? <laughs> but uh, at least if I could say, oh, I, you know, I have a biblical studies degree from Calvary Chapel. They go, oh, okay. But um, other than that, I, I just kind of enjoy taking the classes. I just finished uh, a class on uh, apologetics and uh, homiletics and uh, love taking the class on the book of Revelation. That was a lot of fun. But um, mm. I think uh, just I would love to uh, continue doing um, what I'm doing. Uh, I love teaching. I love preaching. I love helping, you know, anybody understand, uh, the word of God. And, uh, I love answering questions that people have. Um, there are so many times where I've, you know, I might've preached for a half hour. I might've preached for an hour. I might've preached at a, you know, a retreat where it's like two or three days. And then somebody come up and say, but what about this? You know, what about this? And they'll have questions that they hear from so many people nowadays who, you know, bring doubts into, into people's minds. And if I can answer those questions and, again, help people to really understand, maybe in a different way, what God's Word is really actually saying, rather than it being, again, taken out of context like it so often is, then that's one of the things I really love doing. Um, other than that, I've, I've spent a, a fair amount of time uh, in the last few years, doing some premarital counseling, also some marriage counseling for for some uh, struggling couples, and I've found that I really love doing that. Um, you know, there's so often where couples are are struggling, marriage married couples or couples that are you know about to get married and they're having a hard time getting over something or they're having a hard time understanding each other, which is so often the case. You know, males, females, very different. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to help, you know, each of them, uh, understand each other and just kind of talking about stuff and things like that. I love doing that. Uh, so there's just a few, you know, a number of things like that. I love talking about the grace of God. Uh, again, I think it's one of those things that's just really, really misunderstood. And, uh, when people truly understand what grace, what biblical grace really means, uh, it takes a struggling Christian uh, to a level of joy um, that they haven't really experienced yet in Christ. Um, so I love doing that. Uh, where the future takes me, where God takes me in doing that, I have no idea. Um, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, preaching at uh, a mega church anytime soon. But uh, I love doing what I'm doing, and wherever God leads me to preach His Word, uh, wherever anybody's going to ask me a question about God's Word, wherever. You know, some couple's going to say, hey, we're struggling with this. That's where I'm going to be because I love talking to people about God's word. 
Outstanding stuff. Love hearing it. I, I think God, uh, yeah, God's got, uh, I'm sure, plenty in store for you. And uh, yeah, that's just great stuff. I, I'm glad uh, we have opportunity to discuss those things. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, for, forgive me for not asking sooner. I, I forget. Sometimes my memory gets away from me here. Um, you're what? Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> Getting a little older. Oh, man, this is weird. Uh, but your your wife, Rod, uh, was she, is she, was she, um, I forget, was she a nurse? Uh, yes, she was, and she still is, yeah. Still is, yes, okay. <laughs> how has, is, is, um, uh, is every, how's everything been the past few months uh, for her? Because I know it's been a crazy time uh, in, in the country, and, and just everyone uh, who is a health professional, uh, I, I got to imagine they've been extra busy, and I mean, you don't have to go into too many details or anything, but I mean, is everything going okay for the most part? Uh, my wife is uh, an emergency room nurse. And mm -hmm. so when this whole thing started, um, they were very nervous. They were pretty unprepared. Um, and so, uh, you know, things got a little anxious and things like that. But um, as things have progressed, they've been able to, you know, turn the emergency rooms into you know, safe places essentially where you can come and, and not get infected or whatever, and especially the health professionals, but it is kind of hard. Um, you know, when, when they, you know, my wife goes to work, uh, you know, they work 12 hour shifts and she basically has to wear one of those N95 masks the entire time. Uh, and so it's really hard on your whole respiratory system. It's hard on your face. You know, you come, she comes home with the little creases on her face from the masks um, and so it, it's really hard. Um, but again, uh, she has a heart for God. She has a heart for people and, uh, she's going to be there, uh, helping anybody she can. And then when she gets home, it's my job to help her, uh, relax, calm down. And, um, uh, the greatest thing, the, the advice that I would offer any couple who needs to figure out a way to unwind in the evening, a way to, uh, for men to communicate to their spouses or better yet, listen to their wives um, is to get a hot tub. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> you know, we, got, we got a hot tub and, uh, you know, at night we go out there in the evening uh, and I got some music going and my wife can just decompress uh, and uh, tell me everything that's happened during the day. And I just sit there and listen. Um, and it's, it's great. And uh, some people say, well, aren't hot tubs expensive? And I say, uh, cheaper than a divorce. So there you go. <laughs> I think you found the, you found the secret uh, potion there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's right. I, I can't think of a better way to relax at the end of the day and to, uh, to uh, hear, hear, uh, hear her out for her story. I'm sure she's just, I, I think of our medical uh, professionals out there and, uh, you know, it's just got to be the craziest time. So God bless her and uh, all of her colleagues. Uh, appreciate all that she is doing and so many more of them are doing. Great idea, great ideas uh, there, Rod. He, now, now I, I, one thing I do remember with your music selection, you used to have, again, that, that truck. That truck takes me back, right? So many <laughs> memories. You used to have every Disney soundtrack imaginable and, and, and then some. I mean, uh, what we're not talking that type of music, are we? Uh, no, no, no Disney soundtrack. Um, no, uh, when I was, um, 
uh, boy, when I had kids, right? And, you know, you have to decide uh, what kind of music you want to have in your house. Uh, you know, all those kind of different things you want to decide as a, as a family, what kind of uh, things you're going to bring your kids up with. But um, I decided at one point, and this is after all the Disney music, I guess, um, was that uh, I, I decided that in my house I was going to have uh, just Christian-based music. And um, one of the one of my first experiences of, you know, quality Christian music was at one of those mammoth camps where we're fishing. And, and one of the boys said, hey, I have this uh, album from this group called Casting Crowns. And I'm yeah. like, OK, well, <laughs> what is this Casting Crowns thing? OK, I'll listen to it. And then, you know, this is when Scott Weidman, who was the other, you know, sixth grade teacher with me, we listened to the Casting Crowns together and uh, like the, that next week or whatever and it was it was like you know kind of it was con it's contemporary christian is what it is today nowadays you can call it rock music if you want to but uh i was listening to this and the words of mark hall the singer of casting crowns the words are just so good and um so at that point in my life i decided that i'm just going to have all kinds of christian albums and uh, from that point, years ago, this is when Casting Crowns first started, you know, their their music. But uh, I, I started collecting every kind of, you know, music that I could. And I now have like, I don't know, 20 gigabytes of, you know, Christian music on my computer, on my phone that I can listen to at any time. And I have everything from, you know, uh, the Gettys, Keith and Kirsten Getty, uh, which sing hymns to uh, Red, which is my favorite, you know, Christian metal band. Um, so I have the huge variety of Christian music that I love to listen to, uh, now in my truck at home, wherever I'm at. And, uh, I'll listen to that in the hot tub, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, whatever is new, uh, in the Christian music industry. Oh man. Great stuff. You used to have some great, uh, CDs in the truck and we were always singing along to something or other. Uh, good, good, good. I remember the casting crowns, one of those sixth grade trips. Yeah, that was all those kids sang, they sang the same album over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. for, uh, a, a couple of oh, uh, Toby Mac uh, trips where we would just sing the same uh, Toby Mac <laughs> album over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, out outstanding times. So many memories. I, I just I can't. Uh, I can't tell you enough, uh, you know, some of the memories that go way, way back to the early 90s, mid 90s. And then, of course, all the great things you're doing these days, helping so many people out and preaching the Lord's word. Uh, you know, we just spoke about uh, your, your wife and the great work she does. Uh, I could talk for another hour, I'm sure. But uh, we will wrap it up there. Mr. Rod Heaton, uh, well, appreciate to say one more thing, because you didn't yeah, ask me correct. anything about officiating. And oh yeah! I thought like this whole show was about officiating, so I'm a little confused, <laughs> Matt. Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I skipped over it here. My apologies. That's all, uh, right. That's all right. We don't have to talk about it, but I was like, you know, totally expecting you to talk about, you know, wrestling and everything. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'll say this: you were one of the first people that I remember watching officiate games down at uh, Care Youth League. Uh, I remember you had a really cool umpire mask with a visor. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you umpired 
father softball at Care Youth League. And Care Youth League is this great Christian organization and really working with kids and uh, preaching uh, sportsmanship and, and, you know, playing and winning and also, you know, carrying yourself accountable and being a, a great example uh, of uh, God's children. And then you put father softball together and fathers wanting to be ultra competitive, get out there. And Mr. Rod Heaton was the uh, umpire for most of those games. And I remember watching him control those games as a young kid once again, and being like, man, he's got total control out here. At least I thought in, in managing grown men with uh, very big egos. And so those are some of the things I remember about uh, you, you umpiring. Uh, I will I'll tell you this one story since you brought it up and I just oh, remembered it. You tell it. I, as a coach, as a coach, uh, I won't say you were very kind to umpires uh, or, or officials. <laughs> and I remember, I remember one specific play. I was working a one man game, a sixth grade game. I seem to be working all the games out there, but I was the plate umpire. A kid stole third. It was a close play at third. I'm at I'm at home plate, right? Took my mask off, tried to make the best call I could. I think I called the guy. I, I, I may, have, may have tried to spice it up or something and said, I don't know, he's out or yeah, I got him or something. And, and, and you're standing right there at third base coaching. Yeah. And you scream. You go, are you calling him out? Good grief. What did you do, flip a coin? <laughs> I was like, uh, play ball. <laughs> I, was a young, I was a young man in my older adult years. If someone would have said that to me, uh, probably would have gone different. But, yeah, you were an intense guy as a coach on the field as well, but you also wore that officiating hat too. So <laughs> what can you tell me about two things, coaching and dealing with officials, and usually it was, you know, kids volunteering their time or something. And then you also continue to officiate, right? You you do some slow-pitch uh, softball even to this day? I've been doing some slow-pitch softball, but the, the league's not, you know, going right now, of course. But um, that's what father softball was, which is the slow-pitch softball, which I really enjoy doing because it really, you know, it's just a lot of fun with some adults that can get out there and play some ball. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned that time when I was when I was coaching – I think as an umpire um, or a referee or whatever, I, I just, you know, I'm watching it from an umpire as a refereeing perspective as I'm coaching. So I expect everybody to get the right call exactly as I see it, of course. Um, so I'm sure I thought you were wrong for whatever you did. But um, it, in my opinion, uh, this is how kind of how I see it. If, if, if a play happens and you see it one way as a coach and the umpire sees it differently um, and you want to say something, go ahead and say something, get it off your chest, yell, um, say whatever you want to do, but when you're done and we go on to the next play, shut up. That's what I believe, and um, if you're going to talk to me about what happened like two innings ago and bring something up like that, then I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be really happy as an official or uh, as a coach. I would never bring up something that happened, you know, three or four innings ago Hey, you blew it then. Are you going to blow it now? You know, so uh, I think that's oh, the yeah. worst thing that coaches can do to umpires mm -hmm. or officials is to bring up stuff that happened, you know, because then you're just like, you're just be, it's sour grapes. Um, so <laughs> get it off, get, get it off your chest, whatever you want to say, yell at me all you want. I'm just going to smile back at you um, as an official, which I've done so many times. But if you want to talk to me again in a couple innings about the same problem, 
I'm going to say shut up or leave, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very well said. I mean, that's how it should be at all levels. Uh, yeah. We, we move on. Right. Just like any argument in life. Like, uh, that's right. And, and during the father softball games, uh, there was a time where one of the uh, players from one of the superior Spartans team, uh, he kept uh, bugging me the whole game. He did not like a call uh, that happened like in the first or second inning. And he just every inning, every inning, he kept just needling, needling, needling until finally I said to him, and this is like fathers, right? They're parents. Yeah. And they're just out there to have fun. And I said, look, you say one more thing and you're done. You're leaving this game. And uh, he couldn't stop himself. He just kept going. I said, that's it. You're done. I kicked him out of the game. This is father softball, right? I kicked him out of the game. And then a few years later, I married his daughter. So uh, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Hands down, that's the best officiating story I've ever heard in my entire life. That is, oh, my goodness. Wow. That was <laughs> – I can just see the look in both your eyes as he's giving her away at the wedding day. Like, hey, this guy kicked me out. I remember that, actually, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a great note to end on. Uh, fantastic stuff. I love it. I love talking sports and officiating. And, uh, man, that, that's fantastic. Well, any, any more father softball stories or adult softball stories when we get back to it, you be sure to let me know because that's, that's great stuff. Mystery, or stories, Rocky. stories, yeah. I married his daughter. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, absolute blast. I really enjoyed every second of it. And uh, just a tremendous time to go down memory lane and share some laughs. It was just a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, Rod, man, it's hard to call you Rod. I'm trying. Uh, Rod, <laughs> well, Rod, we will talk to you soon. Hopefully we see you at a Real Hondo Prep football game. It's not looking great, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the fall. And, yeah, look forward to talking with you soon. All right. Sounds good. A very big thank you to Mr. Rod Heaton. Thank you for coming on the program, taking the time to share some stories with us and uh, look back at some memories. Uh, definitely some fun times from uh, my younger days and, you know, even growing up into my adulthood and hearing you preach to kids and everything. It's definitely given me a, a great outlook over the years. So keep doing what you're doing. I know you're a very passionate guy about the, the word of God. So really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and uh, share those thoughts with me. Guys, be sure to tune in to if you're interested and check out his YouTube channel. Uh, I think we can all learn something from it. So thanks again, Mr. Rod Heat. My best to uh, the family, uh, everyone, uh, you know, everyone you're, you interact with on a daily basis. You know, my best to all them and, and moving forward. Hopefully, uh, you know, things turn around for all of us here in the very near future. Thanks again. Well, tomorrow, guys, we will be joined by Mike Blincy. Mike Blincy is a college baseball umpire. He also works for BSN Sports, which, act, which excuse me, which operates uh, in selling basically sports equipment to various high schools, to colleges. Uh, it could be anything. It could be sports equipment. It could be uniforms. It could be uh, the, the chalk that you use for for uh, lining fields. It could be uh, foul poles. It could be anything basically that you need to uh, operate uh, sports for youth or high school or college. 
Uh, he is a salesman and, and has different clients and at all levels really for uh, for those uh, types of things. So I think in a little different situation tomorrow with our program, you can hear him talk about uh, his his BSN sports um, products, but also Mike actually runs a podcast as well. He's from the Inland Empire area, and he has a lot of coaches from the Inland Empire, from the Riverside, from the Fontana, San Bernardino, all the, those areas uh, come on his show. Um, we'll talk a lot about that tomorrow, and so uh, be sure to tune in. It should be a lot of fun. Mike also assists in one of the best umpiring uh, clinics, uh, academies, training uh, training on the West Coast in the Black and Blue Umpire Camp. It has uh, been going on a long time. They get they get uh, people from all over. They operate out of California, but they get people from um, all all states around the country uh, to come out and participate in these these camps that are put on with a staff that is uh, second to none. I mean, they uh, they have uh, Division One college baseball umpires, college World Series umpires, a lot of guys with a professional baseball experience and AAA, and even a few guys who've had a few games in the big leagues here and there. So they have a great staff. Mike assists uh, a lot with that organization and he'll talk about how COVID really has affected some of their uh, camps that they do and everything over the years and how this year's been just completely different. So anyway, uh, we'll touch on all that tomorrow with Mike Blincy should be a great time to uh, wrap up another great week of shows. We will also have our suds with studs segment on Friday as well. Uh, we've been doing that for four or five weeks now and uh, really enjoying that segment. So we'll have that in our introduction uh, portion of our episode tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and join us. As always, guys, there's many platforms you can follow the social, excuse me, the uh, Get Home Safe podcast. We operate through the Anchor app. It uh, makes things very easy for guys like me who are not very tech savvy. You can listen to us on uh, pretty much wherever podcasts are listened to Apple, Spotify, iTunes, a few other uh, platforms really that uh, Anchor distributes our podcast out to. So thank you to those who listen. You can follow all of our information, all of our episodes through our various social media platforms as well. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so through any of those platforms. Send us an email. Give us some questions, maybe suggestions on content, uh, suggestions on who you'd like to see uh, on the podcast as a guest. Whatever you want to do, feel free to contact us through those platforms. And we will always post our upcoming episodes on those plat- on those social media platforms as well just to promote who's coming on, whether it be a picture or a lineup, a short description of who is coming on the program the night before so that you guys are well aware to tune in the the next day. Uh, One uh, feature we'll say that I continue to promote and will continue to promote is the feature on the Anchor app where you can send in a voice message. If you don't listen to us through the Anchor app, feel free to download the Anchor app just for this purpose and uh, look up our podcast, Get Home Safe. Go to the top. It says uh, messages in a turquoise color button, I believe. Click on there. You can leave a short message. Again, like an email, but in voice form, 
whether it be a question, suggestion on content, uh, maybe you want to tell me I'm dead wrong on something, whatever you want to do, feel free to do that. We can play your message on the air and then I can either respond or give my rebuttal and we can really include our listeners that way. We are fan friendly here at the Get Home Safe Podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. Thanks again to Rod Heaton for being on the show today. It was a lot of fun. Can't say it enough. We look forward to our episode with Mike Blincy tomorrow on Friday as well as our Friday segment, Suds with Studs. We'll have another uh, great story to tell you there regarding uh, some of the heroes uh, in the American military and first responders and just all around amazing people. Uh, Can't wait for you guys to hear that segment tomorrow as well. Well, that will wrap things up here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Looking forward to one more show for the week. Get us around third. Get us home safe for the weekend. We will do that tomorrow. But guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe.